The second lie that we are told that leads us to becoming overwhelmed is that we need to give 110%. I mean, I hear this from people all the time that want to prove that they are, that they're going to give more than anybody else. And they're going to say, I'm going to give 110%. And I cringe when I hear that because it's, it's a recipe for burnout. None of us can maintain that. That's not a sustainable metric. And what that tells me when somebody says that they're going to give 110%, that tells me that they don't respect themselves enough to see themselves succeed. And so when you're thinking through that, that idea of giving 110%, think about the respect that you have for yourself. You know, this gets back to the piece where you want to rest. You want to have the capacity so that you're not burning out, that you're not getting overwhelmed. Because over time, you know, if you're constantly trying to give 110%, you can only do that for so long before you burn out or before your 110% is really everybody else's 60%. So if you manage it better, my formula for flow on that is to give 80%. And really what this means is you want to give yourself the capacity to rest, to, you know, not have to feel like you have to do that extra thing. For a lot of people, it's it's like it's this idea that I'm going to do the job and then I'm going to, when I've hit that max capacity, I'm just going to do a little bit more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flow Over Fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Greetings, friends, and welcome to Flow Over Fear. And today I want to talk about some of the lies that we are fed, that, that we hear throughout our society, from the media, from public figures that lead us to feeling overwhelmed or burned out. And these lies are reinforced through basically what we're led to believe. And this is kind of an extension on, on what we talked about last week in last week's episode. Um, where I talked about three of the biggest self-limiting fears that we experience. And the, those three, if, if you heard or watched the episode, um, this will be a refresher, but if, if you haven't, go back and listen to it because I touch on these things in it. And in understanding the fears that we experience that are not danger fears necessarily, it's important in kind of shifting our perspective on how we can build a better relationship with those fears and why that's important is because those three biggest self-limiting fears that we have that are non-danger fears, meaning they're not signaling to us that we're in between a bear mother and a bear and and their bear cubs or anything like that. These are uh, the the specific fears that I was talking about last week are uncertainty, overwhelm, and self-doubt. And those are not danger fears. If you think about them in more clearly, you, you see that uncertainty, overwhelm, and self-doubt, those three biggest limiting fears that we experience are signals that we're pushing up against the edge of our comfort zone. We feel afraid in those times because we're getting just outside of our comfort zone or we're nudging up against it and their signals are blaring saying, whoa, 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 we don't know what's beyond there or that seems overwhelming or I don't know if I can do it. 
those kind of thoughts come up, but it's really just a signal that we're pushing up against our comfort zone. And that's why I call them not danger fears, but opportunity fears. Because if we push just a little bit further, we grow our comfort zone and we see how we can grow and we create points of reference for what we can achieve. And one of those fears in particular that we experience, overwhelm. I wanted to talk about more today because it's it's something that's been that I've seen a little bit more in my in my own life on what's reinforced in our society. And it's been bothering me. It's been bothering me a lot. Um, because I, I, I know that there are messages out there that are meant to be helpful, that are meant to that to try and help people transform. And maybe they're presented out there in aggressive ways or or something like that. And but a lot of times those messages reinforce us in such a way that 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 they're telling us to, you know, push way, way, way too far, go too, too fast, or expect too much of ourselves. And that, of course, leads to that overwhelm, that burnout. In particular, um, you know, within my feeds this week, um, I've 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 seen more. Um, I've seen more content pop up in my feeds for some reason uh, from David Goggins and various sites that show David Goggins uh, 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 material. And I love David Goggins. I love his message. I love I I, I love his story, and uh, it's it's incredibly inspiring. His book "Can't Hurt Me" was a bestseller for a reason because it was a powerful book of transformation. I mean, he went from a very, very troubled childhood to growing up um, and being unfulfilled and out of shape and unhealthy to becoming a freaking Navy SEAL and Army Ranger and all of these top things. And now he's an incredible endurance athlete and props to him for a lot of that. But the content that I'm seeing from him, you know, it, it, it makes me cringe a little. And the reason why is because he's he's promoting that you know, th- when, when I see things like that, he's promoting that we just give our all all the time. You know, he's going on a run saying he's getting up at 4 a.m. and he's running 20 miles every single day, even though his legs hurt and even though he he doesn't want to get up and even though he doesn't, he feels tired and he feels hurt. And, you know, even some of them talking about how he had like edema in his legs and things like that. And he was still going out running because, you know what? Fuck that edema and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, whoa, okay. I understand the message. It's inspiring to see, you know, what you're encouraging people to do. But you know what? For about 90% of us, that might not be helpful. It actually might be harmful, in my opinion. Because, you know, what what that encourages is people going out and burning themselves out and causing that overwhelm, causing that massive leap beyond our fears. And you know, those signals that we're pushing up against the edge of our comfort zone, they exist for a reason because they're telling us, yes, that we can push a little bit further and grow a little bit. But they're also saying that if we push too far, we might push ourselves into burnout. And that is not healthy. And so I think personally that there's some lies that we're being fed um, by people that mean well and and yes, I think they do mean well when when they when they say them, and and they have great messages for the people that can pull it off. 
Um, but I think that those kinds of messages lead to overwhelm and burnout. Um, so what you'll learn in this episode, I'm, my hope is that you'll learn how to prevent that overwhelm, how to continue actually growing to the extent and, and growing toward your dreams and pursuing the, the achievements that you want to achieve that are great well beyond what you think you can right now. And that you do so while preventing that overwhelm, while taking care of yourself, while loving yourself, while respecting your limits and, um, and preventing that burnout before it comes on. This is an important message that everyone needs to hear. Now, but the problem is, is that we are inundated with messages that we need to just say fuck you to our fears or we need to push through the pain or we need to just give a little more or 110% all the time because we can't be a bunch of wusses, right? And all of that is bullshit. That's bullshit advice. For, for about 1% of us, it might work. You know, for 1% of us, we could push way, way, way beyond our comfort zones and do Navy SEAL type of training. That's great. That's great. But for 99% of us, it learns to bur leads to burnout. And the first step of that is you're overwhelmed. And that overwhelm leads to burnout. And that burnout leads to shame. And I am incredibly, uh, I'm incredibly passionate about this piece because I've seen both sides of it. I have tried to live up to those standards of the, no, 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 you just gotta, you gotta throw fear aside, you gotta push it aside, and you just gotta go harder and harder and harder, push as hard as you can, give everything you've got. And the result for me was I burned out. And because I felt like, because I burned out, because I felt like I could not achieve my goals during those times, I felt a deep amount of shame. And in that time, I was not a healthy person. I, you know, I was, I was, I leaned more into drinking. I did, I did things that I, I shouldn't have done, but it was reinforced by those ideas. And I'm here to say that you can achieve those same amazing, incredible results because with, without burning yourself out, because on the other side of that, when I got sober, when I finally learned the right way to train, the right way to, uh, the right way to push past my fears, the right way to deal with overwhelm, the right way to, uh, uh, to manage that burnout. When I learned that, I realized that I could progress and grow my comfort zone so that even the effort that I was putting out, which was not even close to 110%, um, that I could achieve my goals and ultimately do things like qualify for the Ironman World Championship and by the way, get a better time than David Goggins did in those races. But that's beside the point. Um, I digress. <laughs> and I, I kid, I love, uh, I love you, David Goggins, but I just want, I'm, I'm kidding. Please don't hurt me. Um, because I can't hurt you. Apparently that's the name of your book. Um, so, so for those 1% of us, you know, that, or for those 99% of us that, that, you know, aren't the Navy SEAL types, you know, we will experience shame and, and burnout if we try to push too hard. Um, you know, have you ever felt like that though? Like when, when you've, when you've tried to, you know, do those fitness programs or anything that's telling you to give 110%, it could be in the workplace by, by putting in those extra hours. Um, 
and you don't feel like you can live up to that Navy SEAL type of hype. And you're not alone if, if that's the case for you. And I'll, I mean, and I just want to reinforce that you can still achieve your biggest dreams without burning out. Um, because it may not just, it, it, it's not your inability to do it. It may just be your approach. You might just be pushing hard, too hard, too fast. And all of those RPMs are burning you out. So the three things that I want to share, these three lies that uh, I'm going to share with you today that we're being reinforced by, there's there's an, another way to fix that. There's another way to approach it. And that first one is the, the first lie that we're often told. Uh, and this has been, you know, within nine to five kind of workday or even the eight to five workday. We are, I, I hear this so often that people say, you need to get up early to to succeed. You need to, you need to compromise sleep. I know that, you know, I've heard people like Arnold Schwarzenegger can get four hours of sleep a night. Good for him. That's awesome. That's amazing. The aforementioned David Goggins, I think, you know, wakes up at 4am. Otherwise he, uh, he falls into a deep shame spiral, <laughs> but, but that whole idea that you can sleep when you're dead, kind of that, that mentality is not healthy. That's dangerous. That's a, that's a recipe for burnout. And when we give into that, when we're not rested, when we're not getting the sleep that we need, when we're not taking care of ourselves, we're not going to perform at our best. So, you know, one of the elements of flow that, that is, that is important is, is that, um, and this comes from the work of Stephen Kotler and all of these, you know, the, the, all of like Mihai Csikszentmihalyi and those kinds of people who study flow for a living find that the best time to to stop doing you know stop performing a task stop running stop stop doing whatever is when you're at your best so what i like to say here is rest at your best because there's this peak period where you are performing at a high level and then that high level continues and and it stays at a plateau for as long as it does, and, a, and then all of a sudden it just drops off a cliff. So have you ever noticed that? Like when you're exercising or when you're when you're working and you feel like you're in the zone and you're like, I'm gonna keep at this, I'm gonna keep going, I'm gonna keep going. And then all of a sudden it's like almost like a switch is flipped that you just kind of fall off a cliff and the performance performance goes down. And most of the time we work through it to try and get back to that point. And you know, sometimes when we're exercising and we like refill with with calories or whatever, it comes back. But most of the time, you know, it just our, our performance suffers at that point. And if we keep pushing like that day in and day out, we try to try to do that. What happens? Well, we never get back to that level of performance because we aren't giving ourselves the rest. We aren't giving ourselves the ability to step back and imprint the adaptations. You know, when you're trying to get to a place, when you when you're when you're building towards an achievement, there's a cycle. It's kind of like it kind of like comes in waves when you're when you're working in the flow process that starts that you get up to that plateau phase and you're at your best and then you want to take a rest and you and so you take your rest, you come back and you're slightly lower than the performance you were at at your peak yesterday. You're lower than you were at your peak, you know, the day before. But you start that again and it starts to rise up and you actually get, you perform better, even better the next time around. And it's not a perfect science. It doesn't happen in a linear fashion. 
But generally speaking, if you give yourself that opportunity to rest when you're at your best, then you can actually continue to, you can continue to improve over time so that eventually your performance will be much better than the people that will put more time in and will be burning themselves out and burning the midnight oil and all that kind of stuff. So what would you rather do? Would you rather work for the six hours, rest when you're at your best, and then uh, come back the next day and continue to do the six hours and ultimately over time perform better than the people that are burning the midnight oil and working 16 hours a day? In my opinion, I'd rather, I'd prefer to have the six hours, spend time with my family and, um, and perform better and grow and be fulfilled in it. So get sleep. Don't listen to that idea that you need to wake up early in the morning. If you're not a morning person, I'm not a morning person. I sleep until eight, sometimes nine o'clock because that's what my body needs. That's where my, so David Goggins or whomever can say that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not hard or whatever. That's fine. But I like to sleep in because I know that sleep is valuable to me. I know a guy who, who, who built from scratch a nine figure business and he sleeps till afternoon. And he's like, he's, I think he's in his sixties now, but that idea that you have to get up early in order to, to like, to, to, it's just, it's just a lie. It, 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 it's BS and I don't buy into it. You can achieve just as much if you, if you can work and identify the hours where you work best, where you perform best, where you, um, you know, where, where you can, where you can, uh, you know, exercise your best. If you can identify those hours, instead of trying to live into whatever, what other people say is best for them, then I guarantee that you're actually going to make a lot more progress and you're going to be a lot more fulfilled and happy, uh, because you're going to be rested and, uh, you're going to be doing things when you want to do them. Now, granted, I know that if, for a lot of us who might be in like eight to five or nine to five jobs, well, we have to get up at a certain hour, but obviously the goal is to get to a place where you can have the freedom that you want. So rest at your best when you when you work toward that level and you start to start to feel yourself plateau and you're feeling really good about your work. That's when you know you need to take a break. When you are already when you're already burning out on it, it's probably too late. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you've been listening for a while, you know how important community and mentorship is to living a life of abundance above your fears. If you want to connect with me, hear about new offerings, episodes, and strategies to live with conviction, courage, and clarity, then sign up for my newsletter now. It's a way to stay connected to me outside of social media and bring a little empowerment to your inbox and maybe a few dad jokes here and there. Sign up now at adamcliffordhill.com. Now back to the show. And then the second piece of advice, the second uh, lie that we are told that leads us to becoming overwhelmed is that we need to give 110%. I mean, I hear this from people all the time that want to prove that they are, that they're going to give more than anybody else. And they're going to say, I'm going to give 110%. And I cringe when I hear that because it's it's a recipe for burnout. Um, none of us can maintain that. That's not a sustainable metric. And what that tells me when somebody says that they're going to give 110%, 
that tells me that they don't respect themselves enough to see themselves succeed. And so when you're thinking through that, that idea of giving 110%, think about the respect that you have for yourself. You know, this gets back to the piece where you want to rest. You want to have the capacity so that you're not burning out, that you're not getting overwhelmed. Uh, Because over time, you know, if you're constantly trying to give 110%, you can only do that for so long before you burn out or before your 110% is really everybody else's 60%. So if you manage it better, my formula for flow on that is to give 80%. And this does, and, and really what this means is you want to, you want to give yourself the capacity to, to rest, to, you know, not have to feel like you have to do that extra thing. You know, for, for a lot of people, it's, it's like, it's this idea that I'm going to do the job and then I'm going to, when I, when I've hit that max capacity, I'm just going to do a little bit more. And this comes at the gym all the time too, where it's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to lift to failure. And then after failure, I'm going to do one more because, you know, that's what, uh, that's what everybody says I need to do. And that's what, uh, and that is a false thing to do. And the, and the reason I 80%, I think works is because we give that 80% and that 20% gives us the capacity to recover, uh, to make the adaptations. Um, and the, and, and where I learned about that 80% was really from my triathlon days. Um, you know, I mentioned at the beginning that I, before I got sober, before I, I changed, I transformed and started doing triathlon, I used to, I used to have these fits of, of trying to do the aggressive exercise. I used to have these fits of like saying like, I can give more than that. And yeah, on occasion I could, I, I could persevere and push through the pain and do all of those things that they, that they, that they tell us to do. But what ultimately happened is I would injure myself or I would burn out and, and it would become a frustrating shame spiral. And when I got into triathlon, I learned something pretty magnificent through how the training goes there. I learned that many of the professional athletes that were winning world championships, people like Mark Allen were training at 80% capacity. They weren't going 110% all the time. They were literally like 80% of their heart rate, 80% of their effort level, 80% of, the, of, their, um, of, of their perceived effort. That's what they were doing because they knew that that would actually build endurance. That would help them to grow the amount of endurance that they could you know, run and they could go the distance. And ultimately, it led them to, uh, to winning the world championships. Why? Because their 80%, because they'd been giving 80% for so long, their 80% became everybody else's 110%. And they weren't burning out. They were increasing their, their energy levels instead of depleting them. They were increasing their capacity instead of depleting it. They were building powerful engines. And you can do that in every part, not just your fitness, but in your, in your workplace, in your, um, in your mental life, in your family, just by giving 80% consistently over time. That's the magic formula for flow. And then the final piece, the final lie that we're told um, is really a lie that we tell ourselves. And I hear this a lot from people. And honestly, it scares me a little when, when people say this, but 
we try to convince ourselves that we're not afraid when it's okay to be. Fear is not something to be feared. And this is something that I even disagree with FDR on, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He said that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I completely disagree. I don't think we have to fear fear. I think we have to listen to it. I think we have to understand what it's telling us. I think that that is a rational conversation we need to have in our heads about getting curious about what the fear is telling us. That's one of the steps of mindfulness is you want to be aware of it. Yes, aware of what this fear actually is. That's why last week's episode was so important. It identified the three types of the three primary root fears that we have that are not danger related. Um, Once you have that awareness, the other piece of that mindfulness is curiosity. And then you get curious about it instead of just declining. It's there. I've lived a life, you know, that has been rooted in fear. I grew up with anxiety. I, I had panic attacks. And the reason that I th- those things became so much bigger in my life and because I started drinking heavily and because uh, and, and getting into bad habits and, and hating myself because of that fear was because I was trying to push it down and convince myself that it wasn't there, convince myself that I wasn't crazy and, and, and I wasn't listening to it. I wasn't having conversations in my head about it. And I hear it a lot that people saying, trying to convince themselves that they're not afraid. I don't live in fear. I'm not afraid. Let me tell you, there is nothing more frightening than fearlessness. There is nothing more frightening than fearlessness because that's just declining. it's, It's denying a very real and human emotion that's there for a reason. And that reason is very powerful. The reason for fear is, is, is powerful. It could be telling us that we are legitimately in danger. And it could also be telling us that we have an opportunity. And if we're going to convince ourselves that, that we're not afraid, then we're denying ourselves that opportunity to see what it's really showing us. Now, when, when I see people that are, that are, you know, that are motivational, quote unquote, speakers or people that are sharing, you know, these ideas, like, you know, the aforementioned David Goggins, for example, you know, talking about, um, um, talking about running and, and, you know, saying F you to his mind and all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, trying to, trying to suppress that fear and just fight against it. Well, what I see happening there is is something, something that you know Jamie Gruber. I once heard Jamie Gruber, who is a former guest on here. He's also the host of the Tribe of Millionaires podcast. Um, once said about about how you want to approach what you want to achieve. You're either running from something, or you're running to something. And when I see people like that, where you know it's like it's like I'm not afraid. I'm I'm you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just just by sheer force of will, overcome my mindset and overpower my mind and everything that it's telling me. Everything, every time I hear that, I think that they're running from something. I think they're running from their own demons. They're not ready to acknowledge them. They're not acknowledging them. And that's frightening because I know that that's just a pressure vessel that that is getting tighter and tighter. And eventually it may explode. Um, But if they're running toward something, it's more of an, it's more of a, it's bringing more love to everything. 
You know, it's bringing love to to yourself, bringing love to the conversations with fear, understanding that they're human emotions and it's okay to feel it. It's okay to have those feelings. And if you constantly tell yourself that you're not afraid when you are, or you're not experiencing fear when you are, and that's okay, then, you know, you're, you're leading yourself to a position of being overwhelmed. You're creating that pressure vessel inside of yourself. So I'll ask you, where are you avoiding the fear in your life? Where are you not acknowledging it? Where are you not paying attention to it and having the conversation with it and getting curious about it? Instead of pushing it down, asking, oh, that's interesting. What is that trying to tell me? It's an important question to have, to, to have. And I think that if you can do those things, if you can, if you can start to incorporate the right kind of rest in your life. Rest when you're at your best, guilt-free, because rest is good. And then if you can give 80% consistently and allow that 20% as that additional capacity for yourself. And if you can actually look at fear and not try to suppress it or push it down, but instead get curious about it, start to look at it as an opportunity and see what it's trying to tell you. See where it's telling you you're pushing up against the edge of your comfort zone. And then ask the question, maybe should I just nudge it a little bit further? Instead of saying, no, it doesn't exist, I'm just gonna swan dive past it. I'll tell you, if you can master those things, if you could just work on those things daily, you will not be overwhelmed. And you'll find fulfillment in the continuous progress toward your goals you'll actually build greater grit. Sounds counterintuitive, but you'll actually become grittier because you're consistently moving 80% at a time instead of instead of having the pushing really hard and burning out, pushing really hard and burning out model. That's not grit. Grit is consistency and discipline. And that discipline means knowing when to say when, knowing when to back it off, knowing when to stop. That builds grit. And that will expand your comfort zone as well. So it, over time, you will be stronger. You'll have a stronger mind, a stronger heart, and a stronger body than most people out there that are listening to the advice of you know, the people that are telling them to fuck their fears and all this kind of stuff. So I hope I hope you can take this, I hope you can take this for the message that 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 it, it, for the, you know, for how it's intended, because I I have felt the overwhelm in my life. I've succumbed to it. I've burned out. I've uh, in in epic fashion, and I've learned that it's important for me to, with discipline, to 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 keep rest at the front of my mind, to give eighty percent consistently, and to uh, not be afraid of fear, but to really acknowledge it and know where it exists in my life, and use it as a signal. I hope you can do the same and just take these lessons to heart. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining me here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do. And I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.